have now logged on with Glory Rising, where we discuss God's glory within you. We're so glad you've joined us. And now, your host of Glory Rising. see Cindy or Andre tonight. Andre had doctor's appointment and he won't be he won't be here next week either. He's having surgery. So he needs a lot of prayer. So keep him lifted up in your prayers. Um also found out that uh Sammy G, the owner and founder of Fishbowl uh, studios, studios <clears throat> has been in the hospital so she needs your prayers keep her lifted up yeah. yep. and um, if you're wanting to join conversation that phone number here tonight is 214-431-5032 also I'm on Facebook live and I am monitoring the chats so what okay. do you have tonight dear now we're going to talk a little little bit now then uh, you need to be a little quieter. Do I have to be quieter? If it's only going to be a little bit. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we're going to just talk a little bit about Christian boot camp. So, uh, so you know, some things that uh, I know Andre has been finding out and, and getting some realization to some things. But uh, a lot of people don't have the understanding that when we become a Christian, that first step is just that's the first step. We have a whole lifetime of training to go through. Okay, I'm ex-military, okay? And when you wanna go into the military, you have to sign up, okay? Then you gotta be accepted. Well, you know, Jesus already paid the price and we've been accepted, all we have to do is agree to follow the will of the Father. We have to enlist. Yep, got to enlist and say, I will, I will do my part in this organization, okay? And then with God, it's like, I'm going to do my part with you, God. You, whatever you say, I'll do. Mm-hmm. Where you go, I'll follow, okay? Whatever. And so a lot of people, they got that far. But then basic training starts. Now it's where they take you in take you away from your family, take you away from everything you know, put you in with a group of people. They even take away your sense of individuality because they take your civilian clothes and put you in a uniform. That's it. So they're in, you know, when, when you go in, I mean, the people that uh, have gone through the military, they know this. Some of you that never had that experience. Yes, you go in, and now you have a strict set of rules to follow. Okay, so you go in there. They take, they they put dress you all alike, okay, and then they start teaching you what you need to know. Well, people don't want that step in Christian, you know, in our Christian walk. We go to church. It's like, okay, well, I did my part, so now I just want to kick back, relax, and. Uh, Feed me, give me everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, yeah, the military will feed you, but they don't give you nothing. You you have to go in and work for it. 
you've got to get in condition you've got to follow the rules you got to learn procedures you got to learn military customs and you got to follow them and if you can't follow them then you have to get out well i think a lot a lot of folks unfortunately got to that first part because that's all they'll teach you it's like oh come to jesus come to jesus and then they say now all you got to do after this is just pay your tithes be in church read your bible yeah read your bible okay now that and then they leave you alone and then they just expect you to be in church all the time and and you know listen to the pastor's sermon uh attend sunday school but where's their growth where's their commitment you know we don't want to go to church where's their mentorship yeah and that's the biggest thing we we don't have people in in some places don't have mentors okay they don't have somebody to sit there like a, a drill instructor or a ti say hey this is what you need to do next okay now if you're wrong you get corrected nobody wants correction okay nobody likes correction but the point is is you've got to get to where you are following what's expected of you mm -hmm. well why can't why don't i why, why don't i have a close walk like so and so does well because they've committed they're willing to get in and learn if we don't want to you know if you don't take the time to get in the book to get in the bible and see what god's talking about and see what he expects you're not going to know Oh, you mean they did the work to learn? Yep. So, I mean, I see, I see, I'm just trying to use this analogy, but where are you? It's like, if you're saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stalemate in my, in my walk. Well, okay. And you need to go back to the beginning and look and see where you stopped. Now, if it, I mean, if you had to go to work, and you got up at 5.30 and you had to be at work at 6 o'clock, okay? You would rush around, take a quick shower, whatever. It depends how far away you got to drive. Jump in the car, break the speed limits, everything to get to work. But if you get up at 9.30, Sunday school's at 10, oh, I'm too tired, and just skip it. Well, that shows where your commitment is. Your commitment's to the job, but your commitment's not to God. Mm -hmm. You know, where are we slacking off? Because if you slacked off in the military, they get rid of you. You know, God's a lot more kinder than that. But if you don't do your part, then why do you think you have any uh, any uh, right to the to the kingdom of God. Okay, I use the word right, and it's not quite the word, word I wanted to use. Because, you know, like I said, Jesus paid the price for us. But he also said, Jesus says, if you love me, do what I tell you. Mm -hmm. And he said, pick up your cross and follow me. There's actions that's got to go with this, this... With this walk. Yeah, with this relationship we have with God. we got to do something. If not... Are we really committed? And if we're not committed, what makes you think God's just going to take you in because you said, oh, God, forgive me. Well, I forgive you, but what are you going to do? He's expecting us to step out 
come and follow me. Well, I'm going to sit here and you can, you know, give me a piggyback ride, okay, God, because I ain't doing this. You can just carry me. Oh, that doesn't go over very well. (laughs) God's wanting you to come and follow. He wants you to be a soldier. He wants you to, to be an example to the people around, you know, Today's world wants everything handed to them on a silver platter. And it's like, no, you need to go earn, you know, what you, what you need. Mm-hmm. Not expect the government just to give you whatever because you think you, you are owed it. it. Yeah. And I was like, I've seen too much of that. But, you know, what are we doing? Maybe we need to go back to a Christian boot camp type thing it's like let's go back and look at the beginning you know there several years ago as you know i was sitting on on a post in, in the military and god says i want you to write these things down here are the basics and so he gave me a set of basics and he said these are my basic instructions for a walk with me i was like and they were for new christians so they helped them to get the right go in the right direction and i've taught those things for years and years and years and some people like well i never knew that i never knew that way why not well i I just went to church you know i was like well when was the last time you witnessed when was the last time you told something about somebody about the great greatness of god well that's for the evangelist well, and I'm going to interject here for just a minute. With those basics that you taught, I think there were eight of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if if you're listening and you're interested, or if you're on Facebook and you're interested in this series of lessons that Roger had and you want us to do them on air, let us know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we can make an eight-week series of the basics. Yeah, I mean... Sometimes we just need to be reminded. We may have already learned it, but sometimes we shove them to the back of our mind. Or we learned them wrong. And that could be too. Sometimes the things we learned weren't exactly correct. They were a man's interpretation of it. You know, uh, because each denomination, they take certain scriptures and they change it to meet their denominational beliefs. Mm-hmm. Okay, instead of making their denomination fit the scripture. And uh, so, you know, but for me, I mean, I'll tell you straight up, denominationalism is from from the devil. That we should not be divided into groups of people that want the way they want it. That we should all be studying the scriptures and we should all be in one accord. You know, and we should be working together. You know, we're all under Christ. We're not subdivisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, and, even when you look at the epistles they were letters to the different churches and it wasn't that they were different denominations they were just in different locations Mm -hmm. but they were all teaching the same thing that's because they had the apostles there to help teach them and guide them in the way jesus showed them and they had been taught from their birth the scriptures and so they could teach the same thing yeah and i mean even if they disagreed on something they sat down and looked it up 
and researched it to make sure that it was what it was saying. Mm -hmm. Especially when it wasn't all Jewish people anymore, that they were having all kinds of the Gentiles, Gentiles coming in, and they had totally different backgrounds. And they need to change a mindset. Mm -hmm. And the biggest, you know, we see a very big problem that nobody wants to change their mindset. They just want to add God to their agenda. Well, God doesn't get added to an agenda. Or I work in a doctor's office, so in terms of a doctor's office, they want to work God in to their schedule. And it's not like, okay, I'm willing to sacrifice everything for God, but yet I won't even give him 10 minutes of my time. So it's like, well, then how are you going to sacrifice everything? You know, what God has done for you should be top priority and what he wants. Mm -hmm. Not about you and what, well, I need to make money so I can buy a nicer car or a nicer house or blah, blah, blah. You know, what, did, what has God told you to do? You know. He told us to wait. Yeah, sometimes he says wait. Sometimes he says go. Mm -hmm. um, this is where we need to have that personal relationship where we listen to God mm -hmm. you know if we don't and a lot of people don't listen for God and you know matter of fact um, I'm writing a book on some things like that it's called do you hear me okay uh, it's basically talking about God speaking not just you hope this is it but God speaks to you in a personal way mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so um, but I'm working on, um, you know, I'm working on that there. But what is God, you know, what is God and you talked about? Not just what you've told God you want, not your your wish list, but what has God spoke back to you about? And take the time. I mean, there was one man that I'll never forget. Um, he was a deacon in a church that I was at, and I was wanting to get into some of their outreach ministries. And he told me something. He says, now I want you to remember this. I said, okay. He said, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you talk. He said, and this will work in all areas of your life. But how many times do we just stop and wait and listen for God to answer us back? Most of us don't think he will answer back. Because they've been taught God doesn't talk that way anymore. No, he still talks. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. He wants to talk to his children. You know, but we've got to take time to sit and listen. Listen to what the Holy Spirit's trying to show us show, and, and, and lead us to. You know, how are we going to know the will of God? Well, we want man to tell us. Well, no. When was the man's, last? Man's fallible. Yeah. And man can interpret what they think they hear from God about you, and they can tell you wrong. Yeah, and you're you're hoping that they tell you the truth, but if you if we're all have, you know the Holy Spirit is to lead and guide us. That's part of His job. Mm -hmm. He's to lead us into all truth. Okay, guide us into all righteousness. Why aren't we listening to Him? Man's there to help. But the Holy Spirit is there to give the guidance that needs to be given. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of people that unfortunately are getting into positions as pastors and things like this because they went to school 
and they got a doctor's degree, but they don't have the Holy Spirit in their life. And they feel like they only have to work two days a week, maybe three in some places. Yeah. And so it's like, now it's a job. You know, pastors have to have the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, not because they want to build a big church, but they need the heart of God for the people. You know, it's, you know, people don't understand that the callings are gifts and callings are God without repentance. God wants you to have these things. But he looks for people that he can mold into the, to what he needs us to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have no compassion for people, don't be a pastor. Oh, definitely not. You know, you've got to be to help empathize where, where they're at. Uh, let the Holy Spirit, you know, tell you how to, to ease the hurts in their, in their heart. Uh, things like this, they need comfort, okay, because what they're going through. You know, if you're just going to sit there and say, hey, you know, suck it up and, and, you know, let's go. Well, you're not a pastor, okay? You're just, you're just rude, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but... We have, you know, everybody wants to get behind a pulpit and, and speak because it's, it's a glorious thing. It's a prestigious thing. You know, see, look at me, look at me. Look at all the respect I'll earn. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, you may, as a pastor, and I'm speaking as a pastor's wife here, you can be told that you're so wonderful and awesome and given the respect to your face but let that person get in their car and drive away and they're roasting you for lunch because they didn't agree with what you said or what you did and then when something goes wrong in their lives they come and they blame you and you know i mean we look at adam and eve you know all of a sudden, they go and do something wrong. First thing they want to do is blame somebody else. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody wants to point the blame to somebody. They just won't take the seriousness of that's like I messed up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as you know, as far as uh, young young people that are just coming to the Lord, and I'm not talking age. I'm talking young in the Lord, because you, know, you can be 90 years old and young in the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. But for those that are young, don't be, you know, well, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I'm being called to do this. Well, if you're being called to do something, it's a calling, not an appointment. Mm-hmm. Okay? God's going to call us, but few are chosen. Now, you know, it says, this says many are called, but few are chosen. Now, what's that meaning? That means God's called a lot of people into positions, but he doesn't choose to assign them a position until they're prepared and ready. These are all called, but if they're not going to if they're not going to finish the training that God's assigned for them to learn to get the, to be in this position, he's not going to assign you the position. Mm-hmm. Man assigns positions based on their opinions on, on different reasons. What they think you can handle, what they think you can do. 
but God knows what you can do. And you may not be qualified, but you're called. God doesn't have, you know, God's going to do the qualifying part. He calls us and says, okay, I want you to do this. Now, come follow me. Let me show you what you need to understand. He calls you to a time of training. Right. And it's not saying, okay, well, I just, God told me he's called me to be a pastor. Well, he's called you. He hasn't appointed you. Mm-hmm. He's called you. Okay. Now, because he's called you, what are you doing to prepare? If somebody come up and said, hey, I'm calling you to uh, be a doctor. Well, then you're not just going to go out and start surgery tomorrow. You better find out if you can handle the position because if you look at blood and pass out, they were wrong. You weren't <laughs> called to be a doctor. Well, and that's not true. You can learn to adapt. You know, if God's called you to that, he will help you overcome this. Okay? Just like if you're a soul, you know, you're you're a farmer, and God calls you to, you know, like in the Old Testament, to go to war. Now you got to be a warrior. Well, these people don't know one end of a sword from the other end of a sword. Okay, and they know what a plow is. They know how to feed sheep, animals. You know, they know all that, but they don't know nothing about how you wield a sword. You got to be trained. Okay, they know what a slingshot's for. Yeah, some of them, yeah. So, you know, think about these things. You know, quit trying to push yourself into something that God says you, you, you're not quite ready for yet. He, whom he calls, he will... Train. Yeah, he'll train them. Okay? He will, you know, whom he calls, he's going to get you ready. So, quit being in a hurry. You know, it may take years. And then again, it may only take you months. God knows. And based on your own personal personality and characteristics, it may only take you a couple of days. You know, God's going to appoint you to where he needs. And you may, you know, he's going to start training you, and he may on the job train you on some things. But you've got to be the humble person to say, God, show me. Mm Mm-hmm. Not, I know what I'm talking about, so, you know, get out of my way. I've had too many young young men come up to me and say, hey, you know, well, I want to get up and preach. It's like, well, hit the streets. That's where the God told you to go preach at. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Well, you want to preach? Go hit the streets. You know, go witness to people. That's preaching. But you have no idea that teaching carries a heavier weight than preaching okay you think preaching is getting up speaking behind a microphone well no that's not that's not preaching okay preaching is talking to the lost preaching is proclaiming the good news of jesus that needs to be done on the street once you get people in in the church they need to be taught they need to be instructed on how to go about these things. You know, I can't. I don't have any peace. Well, this is how you find the peace of God. Okay, these things need to be taught, and this is like a school. So, as you know, if you want to learn about how to be a, a paleontologist, 
then you're going to have to go to school and let people teach you, not preach at you. Not tell you, oh, anthropology is so good, man. This is really what you really want to do. And you get to learn all about this. That's preaching. Well, you already know that. Well, let's get to the teaching part. Let's break it down. This is how you do it. This is this kind of an animal. And this is, uh, yeah, we went to the dinosaur um, in Glen Rose, the dinosaur park in Glen Rose. And they had the paleontologists that were there. And they said, well, this is dinosaur poop. This is, and it's petrified, so it's it looks like a, a rock. And he says, but by looking at this, we can see what they ate and, and stuff like that. That's the teaching part. Mm-hmm. And those are the important parts of the job. Yeah. So, I mean, everything gets broke down into to simple things, but we, we're trying to skip over. We want to rush from a new baby in Christ to I want to be in charge over a church in two weeks. I was like, mm, no, you have no clue in the world what's even going on. You don't have enough knowledge of the word. You know, well, you mean God can't, you know, God could use you there if he appoints you there. But we try to appoint ourselves. And so, you know, let's back up and regroup a little bit. Let's get back to some basics. And, and the first thing is, is to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Number one, mm-hmm. before you can do anything else, that right there needs to be your heart's desire. And how do you humble yourself? Okay. Humble yourself means to submit or to come under the authority of, to think, look at others as more important than you. That's humility. And I figured I'd just ask that question because you know, we don't have any phone calls coming in. We don't have any comments coming in. So I figured I'd ask for yeah. those who might not know. Exactly. So, you know, let's go back to the very beginning. You cannot really accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We want to just have Jesus as our Savior. But we want to skip the Lord part. Lord means the one who reigns over us, has total authority. That we don't have, we have to submit to that authority and that authority only. Lord. Okay. One who rules. So before you can accept him as Lord and Savior, you've got to come to him with a broken, as, as it's put, a broken and contrite heart. Mm-hmm. Those are what God is looking for. You come with an arrogant, cocky attitude. You know, God sees right through that. You're not, you're not coming to receive him as Lord and Savior. And if you don't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're not getting in. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you want to say. I don't care how many prayers you want to say. I don't care how much money you want to give. You're not going to get into heaven because you have not received him as Lord and Savior. So, well, just say this. God, forgive me all my sins. Okay, God, forgive me all my sins. Okay, you're all good. So now just pay your tithes and come be, and be at church. Do your duties. Oh, Wow. I feel sorry for the pastor who says that when they stand for the judgment seat. Exactly. Because that's a lie. It isn't a duty. It's a work of love. Mm-hmm. 
the duty is something you have to do whether you like it or not. And just because you say that prayer, God forgive me my sins, you know, that's a blanket statement that honestly, if you don't know what your sins are, then how can God forgive give you of them? And once you have been cleansed from those sins and you do them again, guess what? You're dirty again. You need to, have, you need to repent again. <laughs> and, I mean, God says he's willing to forgive and he's willing to forget. He says that we must repent of our sins. We must come to him and confess our sins and he will be faithful and just to forgive your sins. Now, confession of your sins isn't just saying, hey, I'm sorry. Right. You know, yeah, you are sorry because you think that that's good enough, you know. Because I got my hand in the cookie jar and I was caught with it that way. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. You know, but when we say we confess our sins, in other words, we say, God, this is a sin I committed and it was against you. And you're broken inside that you offended him. Now this is true repentance. See, you know, that's all part of the basic classes. You know, what is true repentance? It's not just saying I'm sorry. You know, I, we teach our kids, unfortunately, we even taught our kids that the same way. And God really dealt with me about that. But it's like all of a sudden my son goes up and slaps my daughter. Well, tell her you're sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, you're, it's all better now. Was it? He didn't repent. He just did what he was told. And, and we do our that daughter to, didn't forgive him. <laughs> there she was no forgiveness. She held on to that and got revenge later. Okay. But see, we, we're trying to teach people something that's not scriptural. You know, because repentance is saying, okay, will you forgive me of what this, that I slapped you in the head and it really bothered me, and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Now the person has a choice to say, no, I don't forgive you, or yes, I do forgive you. Okay? But they have to respond back. It's not just say, I'm sorry, okay, it's good, just quit, you guys need to quit doing this. No, that's not God's way. So, you know, we, you know, we taught our kids wrong because that's the way society teaches. That's the way we were taught. It's like, wait a minute, we got to change our attitude here because it's not a scriptural attitude. And well, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. And I'm not sure how the songs are going to fit into what we're talking about today. All I know is God said, I want that one played. I want that one played. And it's like, okay. So this first song is Made to Fly by um, Colton Dixon. And we will be right back. My daddy always told me, hold your head up high. It's just one moment in all of time. If you can't see it, just close your eyes And believe it, it's all inside 
So keep on keeping on till the walls come down Using higher till your feet don't touch the ground Hear the power of praise flowing out your mouth Let me hear you To feel home-based bakery called Grace's Sweet Treats. We can supply all your baked needs, from cakes to cookies and more. Dietary restrictions or allergies? No problem. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Grace's Sweet Treats 2021. Or go ahead and give us a call at 682-319-6624. That's 682-319-6624. A portion of all proceeds goes to support our veterans and frontline heroes. Welcome back. That was Made to Fly by Colton Dixon. And just to let you know, we've got a fundraiser that we're doing for a local boys' home Mm -hmm. and girls' home in the Waxahachie area. And we're doing a raffle. And I do apologize. I'm trying to pull my notes up. Um, I am so sorry. 
I should have had this ready and I didn't. But anyway. Um, anyway, you can, you can, uh, they're $5 a ticket. And uh, we, what you can do is you, we have a cash app. Um, you can go to dollar sign Glory Rising. Uh, that'll take you to our cash app. And uh, when you, you know, send it in, it would, that way we, we need your, uh, in your little memo area, just go ahead and put down your email address so we can send you back your, your ticket number. And uh, your name, a phone number, and your email address. Yeah, if we can get it all in there. Yeah. Um, it, especially if we get, you know, at least your name, because it usually will come up on your Cash App. Uh, but then your the, the uh, email, address. email address. That way we have that to send back to you. And that way we can also notify you if you won any prizes. Okay. okay. And some of our sponsors that I know of right now are. Um, Tropical Smoothie Cafe, yep. Fish City Grill, mm -hmm. Grace's Sweet Treats, right. and I know Cindy told you about a couple more that she got. Well, we, they haven't finalized yet. So, oh, they haven't? Okay. But, you know, we're, we're getting a few more businesses willing to, you know, give us... Uh, sponsor spon us. You know, sponsor us and to, you know, give... We got some, uh, you know, some coupons from these different places just so that they you know they can help us help these these boys and these girls get some things that they need exactly um there was also something else i was going to say about this fundraiser and i totally forgot what it was uh well and if you just want to make a donation go ahead and do the same thing uh, you can just send cash app you know uh, dollar sign uh, glory rising uh and just let just put in the memo donation mm -hmm. okay so or if you want the money to go to help support the show put show yeah so you know i mean there's a lot of things there we appreciate your help uh, in the ministry i mean we've got people that you know are already getting signed up and so um we just we're just so thankful that you have a heart to reach out and help these uh these boys and these girls a lot of times uh, when they get to these homes all they have is clothes on their back and so, you know, we want to try to help them, you know, because some of them, they're, they're growing out of their shoes. Uh, they need extra blankets, especially with, you know, they would need them a lot during the winter. But if we get them now for them, then they'll have them for the winter time. You know, just all kinds of things. You know, we, you know we're going to try to get an entire list together and uh, be able to, you know, get their needs. And so this money is going to go to help that out. And the drawing is going to be in July. July. Mm -hmm. So you've got you've got the rest of this month, the next month to uh, donate. And like I said, I'm thanking you in advance. And like I said, just just go to your cash app because uh, you'll see it. It's glory rising when it, when it pops up. It's going to be glory rising, and all and all those proceeds from this right here, all of it. We don't get a penny of it. All of it's going to that boy. It's in girls' home. Uh, so. You know, please donate. If you just want to donate something and not don't want a ticket, that's fine. You can do that too. All right. So, and I figure we need to get this word out because yes, it's what about eight weeks that we have? Yeah, about that. And you know, we want to do good by these kids. Yeah, I mean, uh, we know that if we if we bring it back to your attention, that sometimes we forget things and things like this. But just take some time, you know, if 
if you just want to make some kind of donation towards them just put it in just like i said send it to cash app and like i said everything that goes into the cash app uh, right now unless it's been specified for something else it's going to go to help them out exactly so now right. we can get back on with the program yeah. Bit camp <laughs> well i mean even your your the song what was that title of that song again made to fly made to fly we have been made to fly god wants us to succeed you know there's so many people that is like man i, I can't I, I can't get into this stuff you know it's it's just a waste of time blah 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 but god wants us to be with him Mm-hmm. He wants us to, he even says that, that we need to rise up uh, with the wings of eagles. You know, he wants us to fly. He wants us to be different than this world. Right. Yeah, but, well, I can't. I got this problem. I'm, I'm stuck in this addiction. Well, you're not stuck there unless you want to stay stuck there. Well, no, it's an addiction. Do you think God is not greater than an addiction? I was going to say, all you have to do is tell God, I don't want this anymore, and let go of it. And that's the key. You can't hold on to it and tell God you want to get rid of it. You know, you say, well, I I want to get rid of it, God, but don't don't pull the teddy bear out of my hand. You know, no, you got to let go. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and this is also, you know, something to, you know, we all want to hang on to something. It's, it's a security for us, okay? If we've been hurt, you know, we have certain things, we put up certain walls or whatever, and we guard them walls. Nobody's getting through these walls. Well, God said tear it down. No, you don't tear it down. Yes, you tear it down. And you tear it down one brick at a time. Just like you put it up, okay? And so, you know, because, I mean, I dealt with, when I first became a Christian and, and I was dealing with a specific sin and I was sitting there going, you know, I, I was failing every day. It just seemed like this thing had control over me. It's like, okay. Finally, I just went to God in, in tears and said, God, I can't be part of your kingdom. This, this sin rules me. Well, the scripture says that sin has no dominion over one who is Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, if it has no dominion, how is it holding me? Well, you know, so I went to God and I told him that, and it's like, I, I just can't, you know, there's no way, unless you do something. He said, I've already done something. Well, and I, why? I, you know, so God takes me in a vision, and where I'm standing there with these big, thick shackles on my hands. I said, see, God, can you see these? This is what I'm talking about. And I ask you to to take the bondages away, but you you wouldn't do it. So I can't I can't accomplish this. I'm not strong enough. So God says, Well, I unlocked them the very first time you asked me. I said, Then why are they still on? He said, Well, move your hands apart. And so I moved my hands from side to side, and when I moved them, the shackles fell to the ground. He said, I unlocked them the very first time you asked. You just didn't believe me enough to move your hands to know that you've been set free. And from that day, I never had a problem with that sin again. I mean, there's times that I fall into different things, but that that particular sin, I not had a problem with it. And it was like, and it's the same thing with, with 
different, you know, whether whatever addiction it is, you know, God unlocked it. You just need to move your hands and walk in freedom. Will you fall? That's a possibility. All you have to do is get back up and say, God, okay, you freed me from this. I fell back into it. Okay. Take responsibility for it. You fell back into it. All right. Well, God, I'm sorry. Now help me go on. <clears throat> help me to, to put this behind me. And so it may be a work in progress. But the whole thing is you keep your attitude to the place that God's already done what he's promised. And God will empower you because he, he knows you can't give it up. You can't, you know, there's all kinds of, you can't do it. If you could, you wouldn't be calling on God. You'd just do it yourself. But he said, I'll come in and strengthen you in the areas where you're weak. God isn't looking to try to, to see, you know, well, you're failing, so, okay, that's, no. He says, get up. I want you to succeed. I will empower you to succeed. Just got to let me have the authority to help you succeed. It's not about how strong you are, how good you are, what you do. It's about who you know and who you let take charge. All these things are simple basics that sometimes we forget. You know, we start looking at the deeper things in God. We keep wanting to find the mysteries of God when he's, we, we can't even grasp the written word. Not mysteries. They're just plain, flat out. Here it is. Are they murder mysteries? It could be. Or robbery mysteries? And that could be. I mean, you say mysteries. Mm -hmm. Well, there are things that people are always wanting to find something they, you know, that they don't know. Well, here, here's some things you don't know. <laughs> so. Well, and you know, the Bible is one of those is one of those books that has murder, theft, adultery, idolatry, love story. It's got everything, every genre of books that you can imagine. So there's something for everybody that they can get into and read while God is feeding their spirit. So, I mean, God is, you know, the Bible is written, you know, so if, if I was going to write a Bible just for, to start a religion, I wouldn't do like what God did. Show you all the faults as well as the things that he can do. You know, here's the fault of man. This is what man has fallen. Man has failed. You know, I'd be showing him, hey, we exceed. You know, hey, look, you know, once you come to God, everything's honky-dory. You know? Well, and you would also put in there that, hey, once you come to me, you're good to go. And yeah. as, I've been, as I was told when I was younger, he said, yeah, just give your life to the Lord and he'll solve all your problems. I was like, wow, this is great. And well, it was such a big lie. Because <laughs> the word even says that you're going to go through trials and temptations all the days. All your days, you're going to have trials and temptations. This is just part of the learning process. You know, if you don't have any resistance, you're not going to build any muscle. So you've got to have something there that pushes against 
so that you can get stronger. Mm-hmm. But as we was talking about with forgiveness, it's like, you know, forgiveness isn't about something for the other person to do. Forgiveness is the thing that you do for yourself to free you from the bondage of that anger and bitterness. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we got to back up and regroup. Going back to some basic understandings and say, God, where have I fallen? You know, talked about being humble, you know, to humble yourself. You know, I can see a lot when people come to me as like I had one young man come to me and says, I want to receive Jesus. I said, all right. I said, and I just kind of looked at him and I was like, so are you ready to give up all your friends, give up all your entire lifestyle and do everything the way God wants you to do? No. Well, then you're not ready to receive Christ. And I got, I got chewed out of one side. How dare you say things like that? That's not true. God will forgive you no matter what. God will forgive a repentant heart. Not saying that I want him because I want to go to heaven, but that you have a repentant heart and make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Now, I'm not going to lie to this young man and just say, well, okay, we'll just say this prayer with me, blah, 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 blah. His heart isn't even right. You know, he just wanted to say, God, forgive me all my sins and think that, okay, I've got my ticket on the train to heaven. Well, you haven't even repented yet. Okay, it's like you want this free pass. No, there's something that you have to make a serious commitment about. And you have got to, to say, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I'm willing to give up everything for you, just like Jesus gave up everything in heaven for us. Right? He's just asking you to follow in his footsteps. Exactly. And, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, but it was it was a good analogy. It'll come back to me, and I'll, <laughs> I'll interject it when I remember it. So, so, I mean, with all these little things, and then if we don't follow these little things, then we wonder why the bigger things we're having problems with because nothing's falling into place. Everything is, is chaos. Well, if there's chaos, it's from the devil. Mm-hmm. So what does the devil have control over? What have you yielded in your life to the devil in your thought processes and the things you do during you know your your day-to-day activities are you spending quality time with god you know so that you can sit back and say you know when you stand before the throne is he going to say well good and well done good and faithful servant when i was sick you came and visited me when i was in prison you came and visited me, okay? Uh, you know, uh, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Okay. When I was naked, you clothed me. But did uh, do you understand the response? Those that loved him said, when did we ever see this? And even the ones that didn't, when did we ever see you naked? When did we ever see you hungry? When were you ever thirsty? Well, when you've done it to the least, mm-hmm. you've done it unto me. We're too busy trying to build our own self up, and we're forgetting all about these people all around us. 
that God has put out there for us to be the hands and feet of God to help. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it's sad because we only think about ourselves. We think about, you know, well, I need more money to get a bigger house. I need a bigger car. I need a $500 suit. I need, you know, I need this. I need that, you know. You know, I need a fancy hat or, you know, whatever. need money for vacation. <clears throat> it's like, you know, I need to buy Christmas presents for every, you know, it's like, okay. Well, so what about these people out here that have nothing? What about these people that need to know about how, how much Jesus loves them? Because right now they don't even have the basic necessities of food. And yet we look down our noses at them and say, well, let the government take care of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not for the government to take care of. God put you there to help them. Well, I'm not giving away mm-hmm. all my all my money to, to help these people. Money. It's like, and that's the thing. Another one of the basic lessons. Your money's not your own. And I have to sadly admit that I've had that attitude a time or two. This is the last $20 I have. I'm not going to give it away. Yeah. And yet when you do, and you do it gratefully, not grudgingly, but gratefully give it away, it's amazing how God blesses you in return. Yeah. And not necessarily financially, but I'm going to use the analogy, and this, this is a true story. It happened to my parents. Uh, they had gone to church and they had $2. It was supposed to go in the offering plate. That's all the money they had. And they had to get home. My brothers, it was before I was born, but my brothers were in the car and they needed gas in the car. And it's like, Daddy didn't put the money in the gas or in the offering plate. And they ran out of gas before they got to the gas station. But they found out later that had he put that $2 in there, there was a guy who was going to take my daddy to the gas station and fill up the car. Right. And, of course, this was back when $2 would get you several gallons of gas. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and it's true. I mean, uh, I have one instance that... This guy came up to me and, and says, you know, I'm hungry. Uh, do you got some spare change? And God says, you know, and in my van, I, I had a cup that I threw my change in. So God says, go in and grab him a handful of change. And so I did. I went and grabbed a handful of change and gave it to him. He sat there and counted it out. He says, well, it's not enough. I said, well, what do you mean it's not enough? Well, you know, don't you have like six dollars you know instead of just you know two dollars and 43 cents you know so i can get a hamburger i said have you ever thought about being content with what you were given and then he walks away cursing that guy see god you know you know you you know i went to your people and then they they wouldn't give me any blah 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 i said god did i do something wrong god said no if he would have been grateful with the $2.43, I'd have told you to pull out $20 out of your pocket and give it to him. God knows. He, he, he helped, he's trying to make people understand that, you know, he was, try, he was cursing him because, you know, somebody gave him something. 
you know, and I was like, I said, well, you know, I felt so bad because I wanted to go and say, hey, you know, quit, quit cursing at God. You know, here, I'll give you some more money. God said, no, 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 no. This is a lesson he's needing to learn. I had everything ready for him. All he had to do is be content with the first hand. And I would have blessed him with a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. How many times that we get, you know, we'll complain about our paycheck. God gave you the job. You're out working the job. It's like, man, I'm not, I don't have enough for my bills or this, this. I mean, I'm not thankful for it, man. Why can't they pay me more? Blah, blah, blah. What if we were just content with that and say, God, thank you for giving me this mm-hmm. and see how God could multiply things more for you. I mean, you know, God told me is, you know, God taught me so many lessons, but I was, I was in church and all of a sudden, you know, I got my paycheck and I said, God, what, how much do you want? You know, tell me it's all yours anyway. So tell me what to put in the offering plate. He said, give me 90%. I said, uh, God, uh, excuse me. I said, I want 90%. Um, I've got to have gas money and stuff for this next week. You know, I got thing, you know, it's like, I got bills and God says, you asked me how much I wanted. I told you, I want 90%. And I told God, no, I'll give you 15%. I was in with the gut, with the Lord. So I said, yeah, I'm giving over my 10%. So you should be happy, God. Well, all of a sudden my next week's paycheck was the smallest paycheck I'd ever seen. I had, didn't hardly have any work that week. So I made hardly no money. And I'm sitting there going, I don't understand. And I, as I always do, God, what do you want? What, you know, what, how much of this do you want? And he said, I still want 90%. I said, God, I don't even have enough to buy groceries for my family. And he goes, I asked you for 90% before. I want 90% this time. And I'm sitting here thinking, and the Holy Spirit saying, and if you don't give him 90% this time, what's it going to be like next week? I say, oh, no. I can't do this. I mean, i, I got to take care of my family. That's my responsibility. And I said, okay. So I gave him 90% of that paycheck. And God says, well done. I thought, okay, maybe he's going to give it back. And it's like, no, I didn't get it back. I was like, oh, no. Well, the next week was so busy that I made double what I made the week prior that was a good week. And I was like, wow. The blessings will come with obedience to God. Mm -hmm. And so then I asked him again, I'm afraid to ask God, how much did you want this time? And he gave me an exact dollar amount. I said, okay. So I put that exact dollar amount in. He said, well done. Now you're learning. Give me exactly what I ask for. Nothing more, nothing less. And I will bless you. 
And on that note there, I can't believe time is flying so fast. It's time for that next break. And this song fits in perfectly with what you were just talking about. It's called Good Feeling by Austin French. And we'll be right back. That makes me come alive. alive. It's a love that I can't hide. It's burning deep inside. Wherever I go, wherever I go, I've got that good feeling kicking me out of my chair, dancing like I don't care. an amazing home-based bakery called Grace's Sweet Treats. We can supply all your baked needs, from cakes to cookies and more. Dietary restrictions or allergies? No problem. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Grace's Sweet Treats 2021 or go ahead and give us a call at 682-319-6624. That's 682-319-6624. A portion of all proceeds goes to support our veterans and frontline heroes. Good Feeling by Austin French, and that went right along with what you were talking about. (laughs) If you're wanting to join our conversation, that phone number is 214-431-5555. 
888-5032. We'd love to hear from you. If you're on Facebook, leave me a comment in the comment section, and I am responding to them. Uh, if, you're wa if you're on Facebook and watching, just let me know that you're there. Just say hi or something like that. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to repeat the information about our fundraiser. Okay. We're really excited about it. The money that we're raising for this fundraiser is going to go to help a local boy's home and a local girl's home in Waxahachie, Texas. Um, we're having a raffle. We've got a few sponsors right now. We're looking for some more sponsors. We've got the um, Fish City Grill. Mm-hmm. We've got Tropical Smoothie Cafe, yep. Grace's Sweet Treats, yep. and you just heard her promo just a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. um, she's got an awesome home-based bakery. Mm -hmm. She's She tries to make me fat, but she also, <laughs> when she says dietary restrictions, no problem. She will tweak a recipe and let me try it because she is trying to think of more diabetic-friendly. Mm-hmm. She's got children with allergies, so she is a peanut-free. Actually, she's a nut-free unless a, a recipe specifically calls for them. Um, so she she's pretty amazing with the bakery. So, But if you're wanting to buy a raffle ticket, they're $5. They are on sale currently. You, the drawing's going to be in July. So if you want that raffle ticket, go to your cash app. It's dollar sign, glory rising, and in the memo line, put your name and email address. If you've got room, you can put your phone number also. That way we can notify you if you win. Mm -hmm. We can also send you your receipts that way. Right. Um, the drawing's going to be in July, so we want to make sure that everybody has a chance. But most importantly, we want to take care of these kids. Yeah. So if you're not wanting to be part of the raffle, that's okay. We can we can appreciate that. And you just want to make a donation, again, go to glory, uh, dollar sign Glory <coughs> Rising on your cash app. And in the memo line, you can put donation. Mm -hmm. If you want to help us out with our show, you can go to the same dollar sign Glory Rising and put show. So, because all the proceeds from the raffle, from the raffle tickets mm -hmm. you buy and the donation, we get none of it. Right. It all goes to these kids. Because as we've learned, um, these kids come normally with nothing except the clothes on their back. Some of these kids are from abusive families. And so... They may have clothes on their back, but they may not have shoes on. So they need a lot of help. They need a lot of prayers, those kids. We've not had the privilege to meet them yet, but they are God's children. Mm -hmm. They yeah. are our future, and they need to know they're loved. Yeah, we're in the process of trying to get our, get our, our team certified so that we can actually be go in and, and work with these kids. Because they they are un, for the state, and unfortunately, there's names and stuff are not allowed to be given out because some of them are uh, being held 
uh, where they don't know what in protective type uh, status. So anyway, um, but we just we're just that's our heart's desire is try to help the community, and we're doing our best to try to figure ways to do this. And if God's put it on your heart to do this, please go ahead and do that. Send it. Um, and I will send you an email back with your ticket number and everything. And, you know, we'll go from there. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, anything else? Well, I was going to say, just follow the prompting of God. Yeah. Do what he tells you to do. Because as Roger was just sharing, when God said he wanted 90% and he gave him 15, we basically had no paycheck the next month. And God said he wanted the same 90%. So yep. follow, follow his instructions. Follow his voice. Right. And, I mean, it's not that God's trying to be, you know, mean to us. But the point being is God said, well, you know, you asked me what I want. Mm-hmm. And I told you what I want. Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't give it to me. Think about it. If, if you know, you ask your boss for a raise, and he goes, he you know, says like, "Yeah," and you didn't get one. Or you go in with a specific, "I want a dollar raise," and you get ten cents. Yeah. So I mean, think about it. if you were on that end. You know, you have a chance. You know, God, God doesn't want to take anything from you. You know, he wants to teach you how to give, how to listen to his voice and give him what he wants. Because he may say, and and he's done this with me, I'll say, okay, you know, he says, I want this. I want $20, okay, I'm just going to use that as a number. I want, I want $20, okay. Where do you want it? I'll put it in the church offering plate. No, I want you to go down to the homeless guy on the street corner at this this location and give him the twenty dollars i was like well that's kind of a weird thing to say but god knows where he wants his money to go and sometimes mm-hmm. it's not into the church church plate now some pastors gonna get mad at me because it's like well you know we need money to keep it. yes but god also tells everybody what they need to do and who they need to minister to mm-hmm. okay and it's it's like well they can give that twenty but they need to put their ten percent in the church. No. Ten percent was a tithe that was an Old Testament law. It's not a New Testament thing. And wasn't that ten percent established when they went through the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine? They were to bring ten percent to the storehouses. No, it was twenty percent. Twenty percent. Okay. okay. Well, the ten so, percent, the ten percent law, was that it was for at the harvest that they would give ten percent of their grain to God, and that was to support the priests and everything that was running the tabernacle. Okay, that was what it was there for, but it was ten percent of their increase. Okay. Now, when you understand and go back and, and when you read it and you, you study this out, when he said, give me 10% of your increase, well, they would take their seed for the next year, okay, and set it aside. And their increase was everything outside their seed for the next year. So, you would give 10% of this. Not 10% of all of it, just 10% of the increase, okay? 
And so, and it was only done once a year, once, and that was at harvest time. After that, there was no tithing during the rest of the year. Read it for yourself. It's in the, it's in there. It's in the law, and it was very clear. There was no multiplying of anything in the tithe. The tithe was something that you gave because this is what God required of you, of your increase once a year okay now the rest of the where people brought food or money or whatever you know the tithe was never money it was only grain okay when you wanted to bring an offering there are different types of offering and the one god says he loved the most out of all the offerings was the free will offering that's because somebody just said, hey, you know, I want to go help these priests today. And, and they made a big stew or something. And they brought it to them as just a love offering for God. God says, that's the heart I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. The rest of them were required offering. You know, if a woman went through her menstrual cycle, well, there was a required offering that was to be brought. Okay, But God loves the free will offering and that's why you see in the new testament it says you know that we're to to give from our hearts not out of obligation okay so i mean there's just little things that you know people are trying to add things to this and and then they say well if you give your tithe i'll give you 10 20 50 100 percent 100 fold no that's only on the offerings but not on the tithe the tithe was a required amount given once a year as a grain offering from the harvest so you know but they're trying to use it now and it's like well that's not scripturally you're supposed to seek god what he wants everything belongs to him what does he want and where does he want it ask him if he's truly your lord and you're not his Lord, you know, you tell him what he gets because of my bills, I can't give you this. Well, then you just said that he's not your Lord. You're now trying to tell him he's a genie in the lamp, perform for me when I command. Here, I'll give you what I feel I can do. No, you'll give what God says to give. And then you'll start showing respect towards God instead of, your your arrogance and thinking that you are something or somebody okay so i mean this is where you just going in and reading the bible you can find out a lot of answers and why some traditions are done i don't know why sometimes you know they'll have an answer well back in 18 something you know this church was started and we decided to do this okay but God, you know, Jesus says, why did, talking to the Pharisees, he says, why did your traditions transgress God's law? Why do your traditions transgress God's law? And he was talking to the Pharisees. Why do we do things that go against what God wants? God's not in it. You know, if you want to, if you want a hundredfold for being disobedient to God, the only way you're going to get a hundredfold is if Satan gives it to you. And then you're serving Satan. You're not serving God. 
Yeah. And so we've got to take a good look. Going back to some basic information, you know, it always goes back to your attitude. Okay? Your money's not yours. The Bible says that all things belong to God. He gives it to you to be a steward of, not an owner of. Okay? Think about it. A steward works with other people's money. It's not theirs. God gives you money because he wants you to use it in some place. Okay? It's not for you to make a bunch of money on or to, to be somebody big, a big shot. If God gives you a million dollars, he expects that million dollars to be used for him, not for you. God may say, okay, you can, you know, you know, pay your bills. That's, that's fine. You know, if, you know, just ask him what he wants done with it. Because we get ourselves into debt. God doesn't get us into debt. He says that I don't want you to be the tail. I want you to be the head. I don't want you to owe. I want you to be the lender. So why are we in debt? Because we get what we want now and we don't wait on God. Mm-hmm. And when we go in debt, then that debt becomes our master. Right. Because the lenders want what's theirs. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to listen to excuses of why you don't have it they want it now well even the bible talks about it says if you owe a man money you are his servant Mm -hmm. you're his slave that's a better term for it until that money is paid you belong to them okay like the more that more you owe if god says i need you to drop everything right now and and go to outer mongolia and minister the word well i can't god because i got house payment i got this i got car payments and this and this this. i can't well the only reason is because you're in bondage to this master over here you can't obey god you know we need to get to the place we're free Mm -hmm. free to move when god says move okay which means we can't have everything we want we can't have all the desires of our heart God says he'll give us the desires of our heart, but only if it doesn't go against his his will or his law. But trying to want things, well, then our master is things. We've just got to be careful. You know, God doesn't say we can't have anything. You know, he says he wants to bless us. He wants to bless us abundantly. There's a lot of things there that, you know, he wants us to have, but he wants to ha- us to have it in him, mm-hmm. not because the world says it's the right thing, or you want to be like the world, or you know we be you know want the same things the world has. The more we yield and let God be in charge, then He will give us things. You know that, you know it's like wow, God. I mean, when you look at Solomon, Solomon. You know, when he became king, God asked him, he says, what do you want? He says, all I want is wisdom, how to govern the people right. And God says, well done. It's a, you didn't ask me for riches. You didn't ask me for anything else. But I'll give it to you anyway. You know, because his heart wasn't about the riches. His heart wasn't about him. 
It was his heart was about the people and making sure that they were led correctly. And when God reads that kind of intent in our hearts, he's more willing to give us things because our heart is saying, yes, this is what I'm wanting to do. We got a lot of lip service like, well, hey, if I won the lottery and had a million dollars, I'd give God his 10%. Uh, no, why would you give him his 10%? It's all his. The million dollars is his. You need to ask him what part you can have. Mm-hmm. The rest of it goes towards whatever he wants it to go towards. What part is he given to you to spend? Because you are a steward. He pays his stewards. You know, he, you know, stewards were, you know, when somebody was a steward of their money, they got paid to take care of that, that person's money. Mm-hmm. God takes care of us. But we've got to get our, our ideas right that, you know, we, we're always looking for, you know, well, the government should give me this, or this person should give me that, or, you you know, I deserve more than this. It's like, what well, is God, so you're saying God is not providing what you need? Or is it that your needs are something that you built up, not what God gave you? Or your needs are not needs, they're wants. Right. Because that's... That's something that God has had to teach me in the last couple of years. I kind of forgot this lesson, I could say. But, you know, I had gotten to a point a few years back where because I couldn't go shopping by myself, I couldn't do anything that involved driving because I didn't drive for five years. And so when I'd go out and I'd go shopping... Yeah, I might be. I maybe would get depressed because I couldn't see everything. But then I also learned during that time, if I couldn't see it, I didn't want it. Right. I've had improvement in my vision. I am now driving, and I go there for a while. I was going shopping, and. I was like, oh, I like that. It's like the ooh, shiny. And I'd buy it. Well, here the last maybe two, three months, you know, I know Roger will pick on me about my sewing room slash his office that he gets a corner of. Because this room is full of fabric and quilt batting and everything for my quilts and so I was I was out the other day and it's like oh I need and I was I you know I've got some squ- some squares and I needed a background fabric background color that I didn't have so it's like oh I need and then all of a sudden I went to, I was gonna on my I was actually on my way to the fabric store and halfway there I stopped I said I don't need this at least not right now because I've got all these other projects and all this other fabric I need to use first and because I've got so much I honestly don't know what I have and I might have something that will work perfectly for it and I'll have to buy a thing (laughs) so let God teach you those lessons between want 
and need. Yeah. Well, my my daughter came came by and said, "Dad, you're you're gonna hate me." And I said, "Okay, what'd you do this time?" And she goes, and she brings in this tote full of fabric. Okay. And she goes, "I saw this over at the uh, Goodwill." Goodwill. And she says, "I want the tote." Because I have just a perfect that, and she paid ten dollars for this tote and all the fabric in it. They wouldn't take just the fabric back because all she wanted was a tote. So she brought it all over, and I was like, oh. "It's like where is she going to put this?" You know. But the the point being is, God's always supplying. You know, like she said, she stopped. Well, God supplied some things for her. You know, and all because my daughter wanted to tote. And I was like, okay. So we can see how that God can minister. It's like if we just stop, instead of buying something, she got given something. Sometimes we just have to wait for the timing of God and say, okay, here it is. You know, let's get our change or the way we think. We got to renew our minds. Without the renewing of the mind, nothing's going to change. We've got to understand God is God and that he's in charge. And you don't have a right to do anything you want with your money, your time, or anything else. You need to consult him to find out what he wants done with it. And, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't think, I think you're just stupid. You know, that's ridiculous. We shouldn't have to do that. I got more important things to do. More important things than serve God? Well, that's what some people think. I said, if you think that way, I feel sorry for you. Because you're going to answer for that at the judgment day. Mm -hmm. You just told God he's not worth your time. Okay? That chasing money is worth more of your time than God's worth. So it's going back to realize that it's not about having God in our lives. It's about having God as our life. That we are on that we submit to him. Okay? Everybody in England now instead of having the queen there has a king. Mm-hmm. And they all have to submit to him. So if you want to live there in England, you got to submit to the king and his authorities. If you live here in America, you got to live by the laws of Congress and, and, our, and our government. You don't have a choice. I mean, we see people coming in saying, well, we want you to change it. Look, if you want, if you want to live that way, go, to, go back to your country. Mm-hmm. We're not going to change here because you want it changed. We have our, the, way we run, the way we do things here. <clears throat> and God has a way he wants things done. And he's looking for us to help him. Mm-hmm. To be his hands and his feet for the people that are, that are around. You know, And that's an honor. To have the God of the universe look at us and say, Hey, I, I need you to help me. Mm-hmm. You don't need my help, but he wants me to get the rewards for being obedient. Just like our kids, you know, they don't have to ask me for food. When they were little, they didn't have to ask me for for the food. Oh, you know, unless you ask me, I'm not feeding you. But I did require them to. It's like, well, if they want a snack, ask me for that. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't go take. 
but ask. Mm -hmm. That's being polite, being respectful. Okay. And so it, it gave them a sense to say, look, it's not that, well, if I say no, they're going to starve to death. You know, if they were, if they were really hungry, I you know, I'd give them the food on my plate, you know, whatever. Uh, but the point being is be respectful enough to get the rewards of the praise that they would get for being obedient. And then if they were disobedient, like all you have to do is ask for it and I'll tell you whether you can or can't have it. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you don't want your children to, to have sweets just before they go to bed. Because then they'll be wired for sound. Or dinner's in 10 minutes and they want to gobble a bag of chips yeah. 10 minutes before a meal. And it's like, uh, no, okay. you can hold off 10 more minutes. You're not going to starve in 10 minutes. And that's part of the wisdom of us, of us being adults. And them as children, they need to learn that there's times that no is an answer. Not that we don't want them to eat. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not time for that. You know, you need to wait until dinner's ready. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are common sense things that we see in the physical realm, but we don't apply them to the things with God. In the spiritual realm. Yeah, it's just like, do you not understand? God's going to tell you no. It's not because he doesn't want you to have nothing. He's telling you no because you need there's a time and a place for everything. Mm -hmm. And, and possibly uh, what you're wanting is um, harmful for you. Yep. And so these are other things that we have to keep in mind is that when God says no, there's a reason it's not because he's mean. Mm -hmm. He's saying no because it's not time for that. You're too immature to handle it. It's going to harm you. Mm -hmm. You know, and so keep that in mind when, you know, when you're asking God for things. And I know that we, we talk about going before God with our shopping list of, oh, I need this and I need this and I need this. It's not wrong to ask God for things, but don't make that the whole focus of your prayers. Mm -hmm. Those prayers need to be, Lord, I know who you are and I love you because you are so awesome so glorious and as and in humbleness humility it's like and lord this person needs a healing or i need this in my life for this time and so you just keeping all these things in track and so with that in mind it is time for our next break okay so our next song is Lord I Need You by Matt Marr, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Grace, owner of an amazing home-based bakery. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest, without you. I fall apart You're the one That guides my heart Lord, I need you Oh, I need you Every hour I need 
increases more Increases found Is where you home-based bakery called Grace's Sweet Treats. We can supply all your baked needs from cakes to cookies and more. Dietary restrictions or allergies? No problem. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Grace's Sweet Treats 2021 or go ahead and give us a call at 682-319-6624. That's 682-319-6624. A portion of all proceeds goes to support our veterans and frontline heroes. All right, that was Lord, I Need You by Matt Marr. And can you believe our show's almost over again? Yeah. We're down to that last 15 minutes. Well, that's uh, that's one of the hazards of getting into studies like this. <laughs> this is true. And so. probably won't really need to do a, a wrap-up because it's just discussion. Yeah, because, I mean... Uh, and I may just try to do the uh, try to do that uh, basics class and just do you know small segments and do like two or three of them at each each night because um, they're really not long right but you know some of them can be a little more extensive than others but by the time we get into discussion with everybody here mm-hmm. if we get everybody here again <laughs> now we will get everybody here. well again. I know and like we said at the top of the show Andre had a doctor's appointment today, and he's going to be out next week because he's having some surgery, and I think a couple of weeks after that, he's having a different surgery, and yeah. so he may not be with us for about a month. Right. Yeah. So I know they need a lot of prayer, and uh, 
Sammy G, who is the owner and founder of Fishbowl Studios, is in the hospital and would like, I know she would love to have your prayers yeah. for a speedy recovery. I don't know what's what's going on, and but I but, know that it doesn't matter. She has a need, and that mm-hmm. need is for prayer, for healing. <clears throat> exactly. So, I mean, you know, we appreciate all the prayers that you gave for me when I'd had my surgery and things like this. And it's like we're here to help one another and to support one another. You know, we, we may not know all the details, but it's like it doesn't matter. We don't need details. All we have to have is a heart saying, God, they need, they need you right now. They touch you know, them. Touch them. You know, do what's best for their life. You mm-hmm. know, and Lord, Lord has taught me a lot about changing my way of praying it's not about telling god how to how to fix it it's god do what is that what they need and and bring them to that place does this mean you're not going to be telling me fix it dear fix it no, i still tell you to fix it <laughs> and this this is something that we do it's uh something would not be working properly mm-hmm. And I would know what was wrong with it, and I'd just get up and I'd go plug something in or whatever it was to correct it. So now he says I'm the fix-it lady, and he tells me to fix it. Yeah. So whatever so, it is, if it's a busted balloon, she needs to fix it. And uh, I will tell you, like my daddy told my <laughs> sister when her balloon broke, she goes, fix it, daddy, fix it. And daddy goes, honey, there are just some things that are a lost cause. <laughs> So, but anyway, we, we have a, we have a good time. I mean, being married 43 years, I mean, we, we've learned how to get around some of the things and go, we've been through a lot of things. And so, you know, we do these little things just to, you know, just to have fun. And, and that's the whole thing. Life is supposed to be about fun, not about obligations. And it's even more fun when we can do this in front of some other people that, I can't believe you just did that. I can't believe you just did that. I mean, it was like a couple months ago, I had my hair in a braid in the back, and we went out to dinner with some friends that night, and without even thinking about it, I was sitting next to Roger, and he just reached up and grabbed that little braid and pulled it up over my head and was wagging it and uh, over top my head, and I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe you're doing that. And, and I'm sitting there going, what's he doing? She goes, you can't feel that? He's done it to me for so long, I don't even feel it anymore. So, <laughs> but it's it's all about you know, we, if we don't make have fun with the one we're with, then it's like you know it's going to get stale, it's going to get old, and then it's, you, everybody's just crabby, mm-hmm. you know. So you need to have fun, and even in, in God, I mean, there there's fun things you can do, you know, but it's not going to hurt anybody or anything. But, you know, when's the last time you just had a good time talking with God? Mm-hmm. We're always so serious. It's like you know, we get into our prayers and it's like, oh, mighty God, how great you are. And uh, I was like, I mean, I don't talk to my friends that way. Why would I talk to God that way? I say, hey, guy, hey, God, what's going on? You know? Are you sure you don't talk to your friends that way? Uh, no. I don't think any of my friends would stick around if I talked to them <laughs> that way. They'll be looking at me like, okay, are you having some kind of spasm, uh, spasm or what's going on here? 
but you know we 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 treat prayer like a uh some kind of organized thing you know it's got to be done with majestic a or, sacred yeah. hallowed and i was like now nah, god says it yeah, Come I know. Yes, you are. Just like it's like God. I don't understand why I'm going through this. He said, "I got your back." It's like, wait a minute, that's not biblical. Come on, you didn't say you got your back in the Bible. You should have talked like the you know the 16th century people. You know. And I was like, no, God is. I thought of your backeth. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it should have been. <laughs> but now I learned a long time ago that you need to talk to him like a close friend. If you're mad, you just say, I'm mad. If I don't understand, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Well, God, you know, I really respect the... No, what I want to say, guys, I'm upset. And God likes, because he reads our heart. And if we're trying to make up stuff to make it sound good to other people around, then God's not like, you, you don't care about me. No more than if I was talking to Loretta and... I want to make it sound really good for like Andre or somebody and say, okay, make it sound like I'm a really good husband and, and speak all this. It's like, that's not you. You know, she'll and, be looking and, at me like, uh, and no, she's not, he's not saying that Andre's not a good husband. No, but it was just, you know, if we do something like that then it's like, but we're just real with each other. We need to be real with God, mm -hmm. you know? And the relationship bonds that way with God, mm -hmm. it, just like you do with a friend. I mean, if you're sitting there always trying to to look good and be proper and everything, it's like, all right, and I'll see you later, you know. But if you're real with them and they can be real with you, God wants to be real with us. He wants us to know that He understands us. Mm -hmm. He, it's like. You know, he knows what we're going through. And it's like, okay, well, you know, it's like, well, God, I didn't like what you did here. I don't like it, and, and I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I'm going to wait for a response. It's like, if I don't get one, then it's like, well, I'm going to either continue my prayer or whatever. But the whole thing is, is that's, it's just communication. Mm-hmm. It's like making a cell phone call to a friend, okay? Hey, you know, what's going on? And let's face it, God always answers an email. Yeah, that he does. So, but just think about these things, you know. How do you treat God? Do you treat him like he's here, or do you treat him like it's just an institutional type thing? Uh, or do you, you know. treat him like he's somewhere out in the universe and... He's not even real, but you're going to talk to him anyway. I guess it makes me feel better. I always have people like start hollering and screaming at God. It's like, he's not deaf. He's, he's right beside you. You can whisper to him. <laughs> but it's like, you know, people don't have that concept. They think that they've got to show. It's like the Pharisees. They, they'd stand out on the street corners and, and, you know, raise their hands and shout to God, you know, and... Jesus says, that's not it. You know, they're out there just for show to the people. They're not. And they've talking got their God. rewards right there. Yep. They've got the admiration of the people. And so if that's what if that's what you want is the admiration of the people, we'll keep doing it. But if you want their admiration of God, because what he hears closet. what he hears in secret, 
okay you know he hears it's like he'll you know he's always working something out for our good so i'm just trying to to encourage you in these things that you know we have to get to a place and understand that god is real he's not just some fictitious thing out there and not some institutional type program so anyway yeah because i know it's we're running time i want to give loretta some time to 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 share a few things it's been a good evening and i've thrown a few comments in there once in a while i've let roger hog the mic tonight because i think i have what we're going to be talking about next week Okay. And I'll probably be hogging the mic then. There you go. So, uh, anyway, I've had a good evening. Keep us in your prayer. There's a lot of illness going around, and, you know, we just need to be uplifted. Um, we will be back next Friday night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time here on Fishbowl Studios. Studios in the beautiful Bedford, Bedford Texas. Texas. There you go. Bedford. There we go. Yeah, they know, they know when I need that little extra help there. So, But for this week, go out and be a blessing. But most importantly, well, I think I said that backwards. Be blessed. Yep. But most importantly, be a blessing. Right. And we will be with you next week. Good night. Good night. There's no greater love than yours. Tells the dead to sleep no more With just the sound the chains will break There's freedom in your name There's freedom in your name Every breath I'm breathing Will be filled with praise Just for one name Always only